Hello, hello, this is Aiden Jones, and you're listening to Sitting Under a Tree for Tuesday the 25th of February 2020. Fuck, I did it again. One day, but not today, devil. Not today, what is it? Not today, Satan. Fuck, I'm so tired, man. Oh, a bit of loose leaf tea, though. What a rare treat. I flew into Adelaide, landed today. And uh, was, true to form, late to my first gig. Um, I've been reading my uh, time in Melbourne time, on like the time of the gig in Melbourne time in the calendar for the last week. So I thought it was at 7.45 and I didn't check when I landed that the time had changed. And it was actually at 7.15, but I got there early anyway, which meant I was right on time. Boo! And um, I just feel fucking, I'm real tight just now. It's, what's the time? Like 10.30? 9.30. Oh, it's only 9.30. Oh, that's fine. Fuck off. <laughs> Sorry the podcast is late, by the way. Um, yeah, I'm like, just got home and I haven't seen mum yet. So I just walked in and gave her a hug and I'm like, I've got to do my podcast. I'll talk to you in a bit. And then I'm still kind of pottering around and she went, I'll, I'll just do your podcast. This <laughs> is a funny thing to hear your mum say, go and do your podcast. <laughs> like... It's just, you know, like I'm still a child at the end of the day. Go and do your podcast so you can come and spend some time with me, Aiden. Go on, go, go on, do your bloody podcast. I'm just, it's exciting that my mum knows what the word podcast is, you know, what it means. Isn't that nice? That she's involved enough in my life to to know what it is and to understand that I need to prioritise it. Because there are 54 people out there in the world waiting to hear my thoughts on my own life this week. <laughs> Go and do your podcast, Aiden. Um, yeah, man, I'm fucking real tired. I stayed up too late last night. Um, I had a better week than last week. I did a bunch of art shit. I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit bummed to be in Adelaide. I guess, I guess I'm just, this is like when I left for Perth, you know. I was sad to leave and, and I'm in Adelaide right now. And maybe it's just because I'm tired as well. Um, oh, my grandma's going to die. I could talk about that. I, I don't feel as sad as I think I should. I am sad, but I don't feel sad. Does that make sense? She had a heart attack on Tuesday night and, and she's been in a coma ever since. And I'm not even sure that this is the kind of material that's appropriate for a podcast, to be honest. But I feel like... Uh, the people who do listen to this I'm close enough to and the people who I know, sorry, the people who I know listen to this I'm like close enough to and the people that I don't know, well, I don't know yet. Do you know what I mean? Like I can't picture you. So I'm just going to tell you this stuff anyway and fucking whatever. Um, yeah, she had a heart attack and she's been in a coma and and uh, I don't know, man. I'm like, she's like 82. She's old. She's great. I love her. You know, she's been a great person my whole life and she's had a great life and, and like, now she's going to die. And I'm like, I think my family is quite matter-of-fact about the whole thing. I don't know. I'm sure it's, it must be real. T- it's my dad's mum and it must be very tough for him and his brother and my grandpa as well. But, like, it's still just... I, I've been thinking a lot about, like, when you get older, I mean, it's important to work hard to... Make sure that your family are a meaningful part of your life, isn't it? Because 
if you're not careful, you just go out and have your own life and, uh, and your family stop being like a big meaningful part of your life, you know, and that's very sad because that makes you just like a quite an alone person fundamentally and uh, it takes work to not be that person. I think I've put a lot of work into like a few close friendships that I have um, and maybe not until recent years put enough work into having close relationships with my family, which is important because they're the people that are there that know you and they're going to stick by you in the future, you know. I remember that bit of wisdom from that song. Everyone deserves to wear... No, everyone has the right to wear sunscreen, whatever the fuck it was, which is something that I take like 95% of my life's lessons from. Maybe I'll put that as the song this week. That's what I'm going to put as the song this week. I was going to put a song by Kojak that's quite angry, but I've played some Kojak in recent weeks. Now nah, it's going to be Everyone Deserves to Wear Sunscreen by, by, uh, I can't remember who. One of those fucking film directors, isn't it? I love that fucking song, man. There's a bunch of good advice in there. Um, I have also been thinking about this this week. Uh, they say in the song there's a line, maybe you'll marry, maybe you won't, maybe you'll have children, maybe you won't, maybe you'll divorce at 40, maybe you'll dance the funky chicken on your 75th wedding anniversary. But whatever happens, know that most of your choices are like, fuck, I've forgotten the word for word here. It's something about like it's 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 half chance. Everything that you do, it's your choice, but it's also half chance. And sometimes you're ahead and sometimes you're behind. But the road is long, but the race is long, and at the end, it's only with yourself. I really like that. And I've been thinking about that in the context of, like, my parents and and the kind of, after they've broken up, seeing how, like, I always thought that the, the dynamic that it was going to be between them was just going to be that forever from when they broke up you know like my parents broke up and everyone knows like you hear people talking about like oh your parents split up and like people talk about it like it's a big event you know like it's a turning point and uh and I was about to say and it happened to me (laughs) like it's a thing that happened to me my parents split up and it's a thing that happened to them that affects me and um (laughs) that's so funny (laughs) treating your parents splitting up as something that happened to you. I mean, I guess it is. It's a thing that happened in my life, but, you know. Anyway, um, they split up and and they, like, had the relationship with each other that they had when they split up. And I was like, I guess it's going to be like that forever. And then in the five years since then, it's gone through, like, various different stages. And much like in that song, like, you know, my mum and my dad have either been, like, they've had periods of, like, where one's felt low and the other's felt high and and it's fluctuated it's not just I thought when they split up I guess I thought well now that they've split up this is what it's going to be like forever this is the new stasis you know we've had the moment of change and now this is the new normal but actually as it goes on it's like it fucking changes all the time Change is the only constant, as they say, until you die like my grandma and then she is going to be dead forever. That's the one thing you can rely on is uh, once she dies, she's she's not coming back, mate. She's dead. <laughs> I guess I am a bit sad about it. I'm going to go visit her tomorrow. 
I mean, she's not conscious. She's just in the hospital, you know. But, um, yeah, I'll go there. And, and I was just talking to my mate Phil about it because, like, his grandparents have passed away. Passed away? Is that what I want to say? Or do I, I wanted to say died. But I said passed away because I was like, well, they're not my grandparents, so I better not be disrespectful to them and say that they die. <laughs> Is that disrespectful even to say like someone's going to die or someone's dead? It's a real fucking tricky thing to talk about. I've been talking about my grandma with my dad and that's his mum, you know, and my dad's a pretty fucking straight up blunt dude. So we're just, you know, I'm like, how is she? And he's like, nah, not good. And I can hear his, like, his voice is flat and he's sad. But we're still talking about it openly. I don't know that, um, maybe it's because it's something, it's like a grief that me and him share so we can be open about it. Because when I talk about it to other people, I'm like, yo, my fucking, I've said to people, you know, like, I'm not really shy about talking about it with my friends and stuff. And I'm just like, yeah, my grandma's sick. Well, she's in a coma. She's had a heart attack. She's probably going to die. And people are like, oh, you know, because it's not their grief. So they don't know how to come at it. They don't know how I am with it or if I'm okay with it. And I want to be okay with it for them, but also maybe I'm not okay with it. I'm not sure. I was talking to Phil about it and, and he was just like, you know, you got to go there and, and uh, even if she's not conscious, just to be there in her. And if there's some, we were just talking about this now. He said, like, if there's just some, some of like her soul or like fucking electrical impulses or whatever it is that is makes up her if some of that's still here to just go there and be with her and with that is fucking important and hold her hand and i'm gonna go do it tomorrow and I, i'm really fucking tired right now and i don't know if this is i don't, I don't know i don't know what i want to say about it i've been tired all fucking day man all day I just stayed up late last night at two, like three, you know, and then I had to get up not early, but like not early at all. I stayed, I probably got to sleep at like three thirty, and then I got out of bed at like 10, but that's still, what's that? Six and a half hours sleep. I don't know. It didn't feel like enough. I've been, I don't know. I don't have one of these days very often where I just feel fucking tired for the entire day. And there was just no moment. I was hanging out with my brother in the afternoon, which was sick. But because I was hanging out with him, I didn't have time to nap. But I don't even know that a nap would have fixed it. I didn't want a nap. I just feel like my eyes are tired and my head is fucking floaty. I got my money yesterday. Finally, I got my... Man, that has been... That has been a, a fucking weight that has been hanging over me for the last week. I got my money from Perth Fringe. $9,447.50 transferred into my fucking bank account at like 4 o'clock yesterday. And... Um, I've been waiting for it all week, man. They have this thing, Perth Fringe, like they, they'll pay you your money within 14 days of your last session, which for me was the 9th of February and 14 days from that is the 23rd and it's the 25th today. It was the 24th yesterday, but they paid it in on Friday. But I was like all last week, man. I think I might have talked about it on last week's podcast or if I didn't, I was thinking about it. I was just like waiting, man, all week. I was because I I 
this uh, I mean it's 10 grand you know like it's a lot of money um for me anyway I don't know as I get older I'm starting to understand that what I think is a lot of money is actually not very much money and what I think is some money is no money <laughs> I had 50 bucks in my bank account the other week and I pulled it up on my phone to transfer and fucking Zach Dyer the <laughs> Oh, hello. Sorry, just got a little bit of a twitch there. Um, Mike nearly came out. Zach Dyer, the fucking biggest shit stirrer in comedy, looked at my bank account and saw 50 bucks in there and was like, oh, brutal. And, like, I agreed, but I was also like, fuck, is that brutal? Because when I was fucking 21, 50 bucks was like, I've got 50 bucks still. But now 50 bucks is like, I have no money. I'm fucked. Um... Anyway, 10 grand is a lot of money, okay? And I've been waiting for it all week. And I, I worked out that last year they took me whatever it was. If this was last year, they had, I'd had my money by Wednesday evening. Wednesday evening. Wednesday. Huh? I had the money by a Wednesday. And this year is a Wednesday, a Thursday, a Friday. Still no money. Friday, I'm a little bit concerned. I have some worry because uh, you cannot receive the money on uh, the Sabbath, Sunday, and, and so I make the call to the bank. Friday, please to getting me my money. And they say to me, thank you for calling Commonwealth Bank of Australia. Please leave a message after the tone. That's not actually what they said. What what accent was that, do you reckon? Italy? Wednesday? Thursday? Friday? <laughs> you got it. The Friday and the back of the year. <laughs> um, yeah, man. I fucking called them on Friday because I was just getting desperate. And I'm sending emails to the people from the fringe. Hey, so like, don't want to bore you, but like, I still haven't got my money. So like, thank you. I know you're working hard, but just please get me my fucking money. Just freaking out. And my money's gone down and down and down. And I've got my, I've made my resolution. I'm not borrowing any fucking money off my mum this year. All right. That's my resolution. And I'm sticking to it. But I also hadn't bought my ticket to fucking come to Adelaide today yet. And um, I ended up or I ended up getting money off my dad, not my mum, my dad. Trust me, it's different. Emotionally, for me, it means a different thing. Um, but yeah, and I'm just like freaking out and I'm like, I've got what, like I think 60 bucks. I was going on a date on Friday night and I'm like, all right, I've got, I think I had, no, I think I had like 40 bucks. I, whatever amount, I had fuck all money. And I'm like going on this date and I'm like, I hope this girl doesn't want to do anything fun. <laughs> I hope this girl wants to do nothing. Because <laughs> that's the amount of money that I have. Um, I remember I got a fucking soda water at the bar. We went to this bar first up and I got a soda water and it was like three bucks. And I was like, oh no. <laughs> Like, if this date goes well, I might end up having to buy a bunch more soda waters and then I've got no money for a cab, you know? Um, yeah, and I just, when it got too close to business on Friday and I still didn't have my money, I was like, I reckon I'm going 
all weekend without this money. And then Friday at like 11 p.m., I got the email from the bank going like, you have, we've just sent you the money. And that made me go like, oh my God. Check my bank account, not there, not there, not there. And I fucking checked online. And they online, they say it doesn't take any longer than 38 hours, they say, for your money to reach you. That's the longest it should take. But it still wasn't out on Saturday, still wasn't out on Sunday. Monday, I've got nothing to do again. I've got 30 bucks in my bank account, but I call the bank and I'm like, surely. And the bank guy is like, yeah, it should be in by close of business Monday. So I'm like, all right. I'm going to go to, I went to uh, the NGV and I went to the exhibit. What are the dudes called? Uh, Keith Herring and uh, Jean-Pierre Basquet, Jean-Paul, Jean-Luc, Jean-something Basquet. Basquet, B-A-S-Q-U-A-I-T, Q-U-I-A-T, B-A-S-Q-U-I-A-T, Basquet. I was in the... um, Line for oh, I had a little bit of an embarrassing moment in the line. Let me bloody tell ya. I lined up and I got in the wrong line, and then some lady was like, "Um, excuse me, are you lining up? Are you a member? I uh, no. Okay, then the line actually just starts behind there, and pointed to something, and a bunch of people passive aggressively looking at me like, mm, "Yeah, that's right. We've been lining up," which is exactly what I would have done if I was in their position. So you know what? Fair play to them. Fuck, I love a good passive-aggressive stare when someone's been told off for some some social faux pas. And fuck, I hate people cutting in lines. And uh, if that trip to the NGV taught me anything, is that that is where I need to go to be among my people. (sighs) Just, yeah, people... I think that's actually exactly my demographic, isn't it? People who are not quite young-young anymore, but still kind of young. And uh, now realizing, oh, life is for doing things. Let's go out and try and do shit and be cool. This is the stuff that I should have done when I was 21. But when I was 21, I was busy taking drugs and desperately trying to have sex with anyone. And uh, now I'm 29. I'm still doing those things, but in a much more refined way. (laughs) I'm not as outward and gross about it, you know. I have the common courtesy to hide it behind I don't know to yeah to, to talk about it in a, in a like a more esteemed way. I'm not taking drugs and fucking people. I'm doing substances and looking for a partner. <laughs> and when I find that partner, we will do we will do various mind-altering substances in controlled environments around people that we trust. Not take drugs willy-nilly with strangers. So I get to NGV, I do that thing the whole time. I can't think about the fucking, the, the exhibit was really nice. I went to, um, I went to Can't Do Tomorrow, which is a street art exhibition on Saturday and it was all right, but I didn't, I didn't really know what I was supposed to get out of it. I didn't know what the objective was. It didn't really make me feel a bunch of stuff. It kind of felt like a party, but we went on Saturday day, so it didn't feel like the party had kind of happened yet. It was, I don't know, maybe there was like, it felt like, uh, like a, like I would have been happy for can't do tomorrow to be free because it was a bunch of like stands and like, you know, artists that had made cool shit. It looked fucking cool, 
but it just it didn't have the story. NGV and any like uh, yeah NGV man that that exhibit the uh, Harring and Basquet it felt like a story. It was these two guys from the eighties art scene in New York, and uh, Basquet was uh, Basquet was where was he from? Some Spanish speaking country. One of them. Uh, Latin American country and he was black and uh, Herring was white and openly gay in the 80s and they were had two like real distinct styles and um, you could just tell like the what the vibe that I got so it kind of told the whole story of their careers and and uh, Herring died from AIDS in 1990 and Basquet died from a heroin overdose in 1988 and they were both in there. I think well, Basquet was 27, and I, Herring, I guess, was in his late 20s as well. Um, they were friends, and they kind of started together in the... They started together... I mean, yeah, kind of. It's like I felt, saw parallels in my journey in comedy, which I often do when I go and see art and hear about the artist. But, like, Herring had this really distinct style. Um, my homeboy, Luca said that he's got maybe the most bitten style in uh, in history, which is true. Like, everything that he, he had, this, like, crawling baby, and it was really clear lines, and it looked like Mambo, that fucking tacky old surf brand, you know? And, uh, yeah, just real fucking familiar shit. And so he, he did, by the, the way that it was presented, it seemed like he was the fucking guy. Everyone was looking to Harring, and he used to do all of this, uh, like, really quick stuff with chalk in the New York subways. They were saying up to, like, 10,000 times he did it and um, got arrested a few times for doing that and whatever, but just developed this really distinctive style, and everyone was excited by his stuff. But he thought Basquet was the dude, and it seemed like Basquet was celebrated as well, but Harring was really the fucking guy. But Harring was always giving it up to Basquet, and even before he met him, he loved his stuff, and then they met, and they became friends, and they were these two really influential guys in the New York art scene in the 80s, and then they both died young, and this fucking thing at the NGV, you could really get a sense of their mutual respect and their love for each other, and it was great, and the whole time I was there, I was just checking my fucking bank account every 20 minutes to see if my almost 10000 let's call it $10,000, had been fucking dropped into my bank account yet. Because the exhibit costs 25 bucks to go and sit, you know, like the exhibition, it's 25 bucks for a concession. And uh, I'm just like, man, I've spent this money and when I leave, I now have $15 to my name. And when I left, I still hadn't been paid. And I'm just like, at that point, Monday, I'm like, well, fuck. Was it Monday? Monday. Sunday. Sunday? Monday. Monday. Yeah, it was yesterday. At that point, I'm like, whoa. I guess I'm just... <laughs> I just don't have the money. I guess it's not coming until Tuesday. <laughs> and I'm going to be in Adelaide by the time I get it. Also, I know last week I promised that I was going to be doing this from a new laptop, and I've not, because I only got the money yesterday, and I've been busy today and tired. Anyway, fucking who cares? Whatever. I got the money. I'm very happy. Two and a half grand of it went out straight away on bills and shit. <sighs> Just money that I'd owed people, you know, that had fucking accumulated. But um, fuck, it feels good. When I got, I was on the tram on the way home and I just looked at my phone. I couldn't yell like I had planned. I All week, man, I was thinking about it and I was really just thinking like this was what was so stressful about it was at any moment it felt like the next time I checked my bank account, I could have the money. 
because I didn't know they were going to send me an email saying that they'd sent it. So all week I didn't know that that was going to, you know, so I really thought that it was going to be there on Wednesday or Thursday. And then I got the email on Friday saying they'd sent it. And I was like, well, now it really could be in here at any time. And I was just, every phone, do you know what that's like? To be thinking like, I'm going to check my phone and there's going to be $10,000 in my account. And then you check your phone and it's not there. And then you, and then instead of $10,000, there's $30. (laughs) Instead of 10,000 bucks, there's enough money to fucking go and, and see art by two dudes that died 40 years ago. Oh God, I'm so fucking tired. The picture that I've got this week is um, uh, me and my housemate Liz picked... I've, been, I've, I've, I've discovered flower arranging. By, by discovered, I've met... I've, I didn't know what to do with my flowers. I got my fucking garden, you know, and uh, there's heaps of flowers growing, and I'm like, great, what do I do with them? I looked up pressing flowers. Can you press flowers? But I don't really know that I want to do anything with that. I guess I looked up... You can, like, press dry them in, like, a book. You leave them for, like, a month. And then you can buy like resin and put them flat on like a plate or whatever and then put the lacquer or the resin over the top and then you've got you've got flowers on your plates. And that's quite nice. But I don't really know that I need to be like fucking turning all of our plates in our house into flower plates, you know? That's like that's some crazy that's some crazy old fucking lady shit, isn't it? If Blake and Liz come home one day and all of our plates are just like, Taco put fucking flowers on all our plates. <laughs> God, that'd be funny, wouldn't it? Um, <laughs> I'm just, it's not even that I love flowers so much. It's just like, well, I had them, so I had to use them. I'm not going to let them go to waste, am I? Or maybe that's something... Maybe that's the beauty of a flower is that it does go to waste, but it's not a waste. It's, it's fleeting. It's transient. It is, and then it is not. And that is the flower. That's me singing the Lion King song for anyone who didn't recognize that classic bit of orchestral music sung from the lips of a very, very tired boy. Oh, anyway, so yeah, flower pressing is off. It's off. And uh, I told Liz, I've got all these flowers. They're all just growing. Are we just going to let them die? And she was like, why don't you pick them? And I was like, why don't I pick them? That's nice, isn't it? Sunday morning, pick some flowers. And uh, we got a little cup and we we're going to arrange them in the cup. And... Uh, Liz was like, let's get some green. So we got some green off the tomato. We just like snipped some tomato, like, you know, little bits of leaves and stuff from that. But it just goes droopy straight away because it's tomatoes. So I thought, why not basil if we want to add some green? So I snipped some big dude. The basil's going crazy, man. The basil is off the fucking chain. Um, so, yeah, just snipped some of that and put that in a little cup with my marigold flowers and then uh, me and Liz took a picture with it. And that's the picture for this week. I think I want to start talking about the picture every week. That's a little, you know, like a segment or whatever. I'm trying to figure out ways to like talk for longer. And you know what? This week is not going to be one of those weeks. 
this week I'm going to fucking limp over the line at 30 minutes and then I'm going to go out and hang out with my mum for a bit. Go on, do your podcast. Go on, do your podcast. <laughs> go on, Aiden, hurry up and do your podcast so you can hang out with your mother. Uh, another Wednesday. Wednesday. When is it the Wednesday? Tomorrow is it going to be Wednesday and then it's a Thursday and Friday. Come on and hang out with your mother. Yeah, I'm going to do that. I'm going to finish this fucking podcast. God damn it. What else did I do this week? Is that the last of the fucking shit that I did? Oh, that's right. That's right. I've made a bet with Blake Freeman. He reckons he's going to he reckons he can walk to Albury from our house in Melbourne in 5 days. And I reckon he's crazy. So he he got me to shake. Look, old fair play. He fucking he got me to shake and I hadn't put anything up for myself. Like so it, the bet is that he can walk from our house to Albury, which is 308 kilometers in 5 days. And I put it Monday to Friday. Midnight mid, midnight start of the day Monday Monday. Monday to midnight Friday night. What's that? 20 for fucking five, it's 120 hours, five days. And um, that's 60, that's just over 60 kilometers of walking per 24 hours. 60 Ks a day is fucking long ass walking and Blake is adamant that he can do it. So I've bet him a month's rent or $550. And uh, when he first got me to shake on it, I mean, like when I said, I'll give you fucking money. And it was like, all right, kind of month's rent. And then I had to shake on it. Like, you got to. And, um, God, we're just so fucking competitive, the both of us, man. We're such fuckheads. And I want to win so bad. <laughs> and, um, yeah, but I didn't, get, I didn't get him to shake on anything that if he can't do it, you know, which is dumb of me. And so the next day I'd, I'd, I'd thought of, all right, I'll... If you can't do it, you'll have to let me pick a tattoo for you to get anywhere on your body. And like not on the face and he can veto it, but I still think that's a good idea. And I've gotten him to shake on that. So that's the bet. Albury, 308 Ks, man. I, I genuinely, I don't think he can do it. I've like, and like when we started, it's on the, it's the perfect distance. Cause it's right on the edge of being able to be doable, but like. I did the Camino, the last 10 days of the Camino in Spain, and that was, I was doing about 25 Ks a day. And I was carrying like 18 kilos worth of shit, which was way too much. And there were hills. And Australia's flat, we talked about that. But still, more than double that, even without a bag, it's a lot. And your feet are going to get blistered, and it's 12 hours. It's just the pace is about 12 hours a day. Even if you reckon you can walk quick, 10. Let's put it at 10. Blake always underestimates how far he can fucking walk in what time. And, uh, yeah, I just, I don't know, man. I, I, I don't think he can do it. And I hope he does. I feel this has the feeling of a thing that's going to peter out, but I don't want to let it drop. And I'll be behind him every fucking step of the way. I'll drive the car. I'll be his support team. I want to see him do it. I'll give him 550 but I want Blake Freeman, I want to give you $550, but I don't think I'm going to have to. And I think you're going to have to get 
Maybe the word loser. <laughs> That'd be good. <laughs> That'd be fucking sick. Or something so fucking corny. It'd have to be so, like to really piss him off. My name wouldn't be... I was thinking my name, um, but maybe not that. Maybe something really corny that he'd hate, like song lyrics. Oh, God, he would hate that so much. Like, um, oh, man, or like like everyone's a cunt in this life. That's the tattoo that I was going to get when I... <laughs> when I was fucking... Like 19, I was like I, that last fucking the lyric from the last song on A Grand Don't Come For Free by The Streets. Everyone's a cunt in this life. No one's there for me. I wanted to get that as a tattoo. Thank God I didn't have the money or I would have that as a tattoo right now. And maybe Blake Freeman is going to get that as a tattoo when he realizes that you can't walk 308 fucking kilometers in five days. You fucking idiot. And the amount of food you're going to need to eat and the fucking like sleeping, you're going to need to carry a tent if you want to sleep outside. And if not, I don't know, you're going to have to fucking walk to towns. Ah, he's just, it's dumb. He can't do it. But I hope he can. It would be nice. I'll give you $550, mate, but I don't think he can. Anyway, that's the podcast for this week, guys. Um, I'm sorry I've been so tired, but you know what? Coming up is a bit of life affirmation. The song that you're about to hear is Everyone Deserves to Wear Sunscreen by whatever fucking cunt turned it into a song. It's beautiful. Have a great week. This has been Aiden Jones sitting under a tree. Peace. Ladies and gentlemen of the class of 99, wear sunscreen. If I could offer you only one tip for the future, sunscreen would be it. The long-term benefits of sunscreen have been proved by scientists, whereas the rest of my advice has no basis more reliable than my own meandering experience. I will dispense this advice now. Enjoy the power and beauty of your youth. Oh, never mind. You will not understand the power and beauty of your youth until they fade it. But trust me, in 20 years, you'll look back at photos of yourself and recall in a way you can't grasp now how much possibility lay before you and how fabulous you really looked. You are not as fat as you imagine. Don't worry about the future or worry, but know that worrying as effective as trying to solve an algebra equation by chewing bubblegum. The real troubles in your life are apt to be things that never crossed your worried mind, the kind that blindsides you at 4 p.m. on some idle Tuesday. Do one thing every day that scares you. Sing. Don't be reckless with other people's hearts. Don't put up with people who are reckless with yours. Floss. Don't waste your time on jealousy. Sometimes you're ahead, sometimes you're behind. The race is long, and in the end, it's only with yourself. Remember compliments you receive. Forget the insults. If you succeed in doing this, tell me how. Keep your old love letters. Throw away your old bank statements. Stretch. 
Don't feel guilty if you don't know what you want to do with your life. The most interesting people I know didn't know at 22 what they wanted to do with their lives. Some of the most interesting 40-year-olds I know still don't. Get plenty of calcium. Be kind to your needs. You'll miss them when they're gone. Maybe you'll marry. Maybe you won't. Maybe you'll have children. Maybe you won't. Maybe you'll divorce at 40. Maybe you'll dance the funky chicken on your 75th wedding anniversary. Whatever you do, don't congratulate yourself too much. Or berate yourself either. Your choices are half chance. So are everybody else's. Enjoy your body. Use it every way you can. Don't be afraid of it or what other people think of it. It's the greatest instrument you'll ever own. Dance. Even if you have nowhere to do it but in your own living room. Read the directions, even if you don't follow them. Do not read beauty magazines. They will only make you feel ugly. Get to know your parents. You never know when they'll be gone for good. Be nice to your siblings. They're your best link to your past and the people most likely to stick with you in the future. Understand that friends come and go, but with a precious few, you should hold on. Work hard to bridge the gaps in geography and lifestyle, because the older you get, the more you need the people you knew when you were young. Live in New York City once, but leave before it makes you hard. Live in Northern California once, but leave before it makes you soft. Travel. Accept certain inalienable truths. Prices will rise, politicians will philander, you too will get old. And when you do, you'll fantasize that when you were young, prices were reasonable, politicians were noble, and children respected their elders. Respect your elders. Don't expect anyone else to support you. Maybe you have a trust fund, maybe you'll have a wealthy spouse, never know when either one might run out. Don't mess too much with your hair, or by the time you're 40, it will look 85. Be careful whose advice you buy, but be patient with those who supply it. Advice is a form of nostalgia. Dispensing it is a way of fishing the past from the disposal, wiping it off, painting over the ugly parts, and recycling it for more than it's worth. But trust me, on the sunscreen. 